When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, Houdat Nation? And welcome to the Dome Patrol Podcast. What's up, Houdat Nation? Thanks for joining us on the Dome Patrol Podcast. We are the official Saints podcast of the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Jeff. And on this episode, we are going to catch up on the OTA news since the last episode, which was last week. So uh, put your seatbelts on, keep your hands and legs inside your earbuds at all times and enjoy the show. On today's show, we have the full cast, James, Wesley and Jason. Welcome, fellas, to the show. How you been? Good, Thank you. Great. Yeah. Oh, long you... Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Everybody enjoyed the Memorial holiday. Yeah. Took the top off the Jeep for the first time. The and? whole top. That was Let fun. your hair blow in the wind? Yes, I did. <laughs> so that's where it went. <laughs> made, sh- made sure to uh, put plenty of sunscreen on. So, because <laughs> you, you don't think about it, you know, you it's wide open. But the one thing, the first thing was just, it's weird not to have a door to my left. Mm. So weird. How many times did you check to make sure your seatbelt was on? <sighs> I would have checked a lot. But every, yeah. every turn, every turn. Well, I, I definitely checked my shorts to make sure like my phone or whatever didn't fall out my pocket, but it's it's all strapped in with the, with the seatbelt, so it's fine. But strap all on. strap on. Got it. <laughs> all righty, all right. So uh we're gonna get into it. I think the headline to talk about first that has happened in the last week is that John Gruden visited the Saints to give some tips about how to get the best out of Derek Carr. Uh, before we get into how Saints fans reacted on Twitter and Facebook, uh, you want to get your gut reaction to the decision to bring John Gruden, period. Good move? I think it's brilliant. I mean, he kind of has ran a version of our offense with this quarterback that was very successful in an offense with him, with not even close to the wide receivers that we have and the offensive players that we have. And if you can find some melding of how did you get the best out of him with not great players and then work that into our system with the players that we have good. I mean, it's the way to get the most out of it i mean you just got to think Derek carr's lined up to have his best season ever if we're running the same offense but with better players to me it just well the initial thing was like do we really need to bring somebody in to help what does that say about the people already in the building to me it was like well, you guys can't do this on your own it's kind of like yeah 
think that every coaching staff in the entire NFL has advisors and people that come in and people that watch tape and say, this is what I saw and this is what's going on. And we, we'd ask some college graduate that's 23 years old to watch tape and tell us how to play a team, but we can't get John Gruden to come in and have a meeting. Well, but they're on, I mean, they're on staff. He's not on staff. I don't know. It just, it just seemed a little, do we really need that? I mean, uh, do you guys not have confidence in your own abilities? That's, that's what, that's my initial thought was. Well, it's not the first time he's been in to camp, is it? Um, You know, I mean, a lot, a lot of it previously was when he was working as a, as a color commentator. So, you know, he kind of goes around, but I think Peyton, had him in a few times when he was not coaching. Um, Cause didn't he, wasn't he Gruden's quarterback coach in Philadelphia when he was the offensive coordinator, something yeah. like that. Right. So, you know, the relationship was there. And, and like Wesley said, you know, Derek Carr had his best two season stretch under Gruden as his coach. Yeah. So I, I, also I, I, would I, I don't point out that Peyton brought in Bill Parcells in 2012 to consult as well. Yeah. I mean, He's always shown a willingness to. He's also calls and called Bill from, Parcells every offseason and talks to him about something. Just true. Calls too. him in the middle of the season and asks just to, him for to whip him. And sometimes he needs, yeah, he needs that. He, uh, he, Kendall he brought, Roman. He treatment. brought in Bill Parcells <laughs> and Avery Johnson to talk to the team before the Super Bowl. I mean, that doesn't mean Sean Payton was. Oh, Those motivational tactics. I think it's, but I think it's common practice <laughs> in the NFL to bring in as many great minds and that's the question is do you actually respect john gruden's football mind i mean do you consider him i mean he did win a super bowl he took the almost one with the raider he almost got the raiders championship and then tampa and then he had the raiders the second time in vegas on the right trajectory right yep so he's got the skins on the wall god i hate that i say that all right bobby i know and, and I mean, and he was always else. a a well-educated like commentator and the way that he talked about the game. And I loved watching him sit down with rookie quarterbacks and like giving them a chance to look stupid or smart. He, I mean, yeah. he, he, he did a lot of that with some young quarterbacks and asked the right questions that challenged people um, and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, you, you can't deny that he's a, a offensive football mind for sure. There's a great video on YouTube, if you can find it, where he sits down with Breeze and Peyton after the yep. Super Bowl to go through some of the play calling from, from the Super Bowl year, and it's a really good listen, watch. And, and to be fair, like it could have been as simple as just, I don't honestly showing respect for Derek Carr coming in and going, hey, we're going to bring in somebody you're comfortable with just so we can all have a conversation together and just like show you that we right. respect what you've done in the past. We were, you know, and because Carr did say that one thing that was weird was how the terminology they use some of the same terms, but for different plays. And so, so some of that was weird for him that like y'all are saying this term, like, oh, I know that play, but it's not the play. It's, it's, it's the same name for a different play. So, I mean, it's like been a respect thing of just let, hey, let's, let's get some smart people in the room and talk about like the best way to combine these two things and make it make sense for everybody. And then uh, it was reported that after the after he left, you know, I guess the next day or something, Dennis Allen went up to Carmichael and made it clear that's like, just remember, this is your offense. Don't feel like you have to do his stuff. I mean, that he we just brought him in as a brain to bounce ideas off of, but at the end of the day, this is still our offense. It's still don't feel like offense. you have to do his stuff, but do his stuff. Well, I, feel, I feel like I feel like that was a problem last year is we've been trying to run a Sean Payton offense without Drew Brees. 
And I mean, and without I, think, Sean. I think that there was pressure. Sean. Well, well, you know what? To be fair, we Sean didn't do it without Breeze either. I mean, so mm-hmm. I mean, we we the Chargers do it well without Sean. I mean, just the um, yeah, but they can't kick field goals when it matters. Well, that's Sean's the thing too. <laughs> that's also that's also a Peyton. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, so so I mean, uh, I, I think that he probably wasn't and maybe shouldn't have been empowered last year and then everything went sideways with the quarterbacks that we've had a couple of years if this offense of these players are gonna be healthy like Carmichael's gonna have to have figure out some sort of little swagger and some sort of way to challenge defenses because this is not an offense where we need to be running the ball on first and second down over and over again and then doing a sweep to the side on third down like this is an offense that needs to move the ball and he's gonna have to be aggressive and and, and be a true offensive you know He's going to have to have that wheelbarrow in front of him that uh, Sean used to carry around. All right. So then the Huda Nation, of course, was split with their reaction to John Gruden coming because you had your one side saying smart move for the reasons that you stated just now. The other side saying that he should not be allowed to, I guess, exist in the world anymore because he of the racist comments that were made in emails that he did publicly apologize and sought forgiveness. I mean, he did those things to make amends, but yet you still have a few Saints fans who are saying, you know, shame on the Saints for even letting this guy step foot in the facility. I I don't have a problem with people voicing their opinion on something if they are dead set against it right because i will if i'm against something but the issue i have is people who won't engage in a debate about it if you have a different opinion who will just end it shut it down straight away um if if, if or you yes have a right exactly you agree it's my way or the highway listen if you want to talk about it and have a debate about it that's fine i'll give you my view i'll listen to your view and then we'll see where we go from there it's that whole that nah, my way done. No, not even going to discuss it. This is this is it, and it's it's getting a symptom quite wide on Saints Twitter now, mm-hmm. where that is becoming it's tribalism. Or like, it's, it's yeah, it's like team based. Like Falcons fans and Saints fans can't coexist. So now within the Saints Saints Nation on Twitter, it's yeah. even getting down to what you believe about the team, whether you like, again, like Jason, for example, like Jason's opinion on the coaching staff is different than everybody else on the coaching staff. Like it would almost be like, well, Jason, you know what? You're no longer welcome on the don't patrol podcast because you have a different opinion. You regret this day, friend. I'm not your friend, buddy. I'm not your buddy. He's not your guy. friend. I'm not your friend, buddy. I agree with you, James. I'm willing to have a debate about anything and I'm willing to have somebody have an opinion. Two things I don't like is one, I don't like you know people that are hypocrites is just a big deal to me. So, I mean, there's people saying this stuff that I have read them make racist comments on Twitter and on podcasts and stuff. I've heard them make very racist and, and make their own jokes that offend somebody. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it went from somebody actually listed that he was against, he was homophobic, transphobic, and racist. And they just started listing. Oh, they like, expanded upon it. Basically every bigot kind of thing that he could possibly be like, well, he's just all of those. 
versus just like let's be honest about what he did how he owned it and and try to listen Took responsibility it's, it's, for it's, it he, it did and i mean if you can't sit there and look at like in the context of his, it wasn't right i'm not saying it's right he, he was wrong in the way he, no matter what he said but there was a context i said it. and it wasn't just on a trying to hate a, a public of yeah. the a piece of the public and to, to hate on a race of people he, he made a stupid comment that he thought was you know too too a, to a certain person listen what he did was wrong he owned it but like let's not build it up to more than it was what he did was wrong we don't need to add other things that didn't happen right and also you know what where are these same people saying that alvin kamara should not be allowed to be in a right. nfl locker room until he is found innocent of what's going on like he's, he's got to be guilty he, we've got a video of him beating the crap out of a guy with four other people just be be consistent i'll say uh, and there's a lot of it's a lot of the same people who a year ago at this time were also threatening to quit supporting the saints not going to be a saints fan anymore if they signed deshaun watson right and so you now the exact and the exact those people didn't quit about the attempt we've had multiple conversations about that like why does it matter if they were successful or failed they actually tried to get the guy that's what you should be upset about and you should quit being a saints fan if that's it's if that's your true conviction same story here is i saw people making comments like they oh i might not be able to be a saints fan if they're going to allow a racist into the building so okay so they did it so are you quitting so i mean are they going to stop like only only if we bring him in like during the preseason or only if we bring him in right. during gonna the qual- season, right. like where, where's your, where's your line that, that's, that's right. so bad. When you don't back up your statement with the yeah. action that you say, then you're just virtue signaling. At if this you're going to speak with such conviction, have conviction. What it tells me is that your real motivation isn't the change that you want to see, but rather to capitalize and build your own brand on this outrage culture. And especially to me, it's like, why would you even want to be a fan of a team that you clearly disapprove of every decision they make? I've not if these, seen if these positive things you're comments. Saying, if these things you're saying are really how you felt, you, you would not follow the team. Where are we taking cancel culture? These guys are suggesting that John Gruden should not be allowed to do anything. It wasn't even about signing him to coach for the Saints. We're just bringing this guy in to have a conversation for a few days. We shouldn't even let him do that. So then what do you want John Gruden to do? How do you expect him to make a living? How do you expect him to survive and live? I mean, is that what you're saying? That anybody who does anything that you disagree with or that you're offended by should be sentenced to the death penalty? I mean, what? Right. where's the where's the level-headedness? Especially with someone, like I said, if he, if he would have doubled down and been like, yeah, said it, too bad, you don't like it, whatever, then yeah, okay, fuck that guy. But- Here's a guy who immediately took responsibility, apologized, probably took some sensitivity lost, training, lost in classes, millions and millions lost of million, like how at what point has he paid the price and that he can be given another opportunity? What if he has learned from the experience and he's a better man for it, but you still want to just shut the door in his face? Here's here's what's interesting too. So sports stars have no problem being very outspoken if if they actually thought we were bringing a racist person into our locker room to have a meeting. Drew Brees got called out by Saints players for not saying the right word. He got called out a couple of times by his own yep. teammates. Was it Malcolm nobody, Jenkins? This, nobody's nobody's mad about this. Yeah. Like it's like that's an interesting none, point. That's an of, interesting point. None of our none of our players. No, Malcolm Jenkins, who was there last year, still a Saints quote unquote legend, a voice maybe. in Saints Twitter, still yeah, would would still would would 
Nope, nobody's he saying like say I can't believe this. the team that I played for would do this. Right. He's, nobody's doing it. The the one person that I never was gonna forgive was Michael Vick. I'm when somebody wanted to forgive him and play play him, whatever. I did not want him to ever have part of our team. I would I would have had a real problem with that. That's where I would have drawn the line of I, I just can't support that person. The year after he left, I would have been a, a Saints fan. I mean living and dying on every on every play <laughs> and i don't think the Saints. i mean the saints were never in a conversation to have him think that thank goodness yeah but, but I, honestly, I was the, similarly I was, the I, I was right i was one of those who was if he served his sentence he paid his fines he yeah. did his penance then when he came back to the nfl i was okay with it yeah, go, with go, myself i just didn't want him on and, my team and i would have been fine with him on my team because again he paid his Price and he, he gets he, that he next change. He lost he millions his, of dollars. Yes. He did. He got get the, embarrassed, right. you know, publicly. I mean, there was there was a huge price that he paid. Right. And so I think it's a dangerous and slippery slope if if we get to this place. And this is now not even the Saints podcast. It's a not societal yeah. podcast. But like when we get to this place where if you're going to cancel a human being for something, like where's context? Where's nuance? Where's measured? response like i get like john gruden has he paid enough of the price or are you truly having this position that the man should what be sitting his home all day and never be allowed to interact with anyone and if you do interact with him then you are also evil do you know how dangerous that is yeah i mean not to i, mean, I know you said it just got away from me in a saints podcast but not to wax too philosophical but i mean it used to be a regular thing when i was growing up for people to say it, those who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones and nobody says that anymore like everybody's just a critic of everything and yeah. offended by everything right I'm like yeah we're, we're, we're all stupid humans right. and every all of us make mistakes and all of us will and i mean sometimes those mistakes are amplified in the in social media and on right. sometimes there's a video of it um and sometimes you have a prison sentence for it and you know what and but there's some things are forgivable right Saying stupid things is forgivable. You mentioned it earlier on. There are two Saints players that are likely to be going to be starting the season suspended. One for a DUI and one for a, whatever it is Alvin Kamara is going to be charged with. What happens then? Do you want them off the team? Right. Drink, drink driving is awful, terrible. You know, Alvin Kamara could have killed a man. But that was a, that'd be okay, I guess. Should it though, based, know why. On, based on all of that? Exactly, right. exactly, exactly. Right. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I didn't like I just didn't approve of what John Gruden did. I think there's been enough time. I think he's lost and suffered enough. And it's okay to bring in an offensive genius to consult, period, for the sake of winning football here that the team does not have a problem with. You know, the people of color on the team don't have a problem with. So to me, if I'm a Dennis Allen or somebody, I am more concerned with what my play and maybe he that's what he did. Maybe they they talked to the Saints players and said, hey, we're thinking about bringing John Gruden over here. What do y'all think? Because if anybody has a problem with it, think Ted Lasso style with Coach Beard, right? Like, I need to know that you're okay with this before we go through with it. And if the team was like, yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, then all the little talking heads on all the podcasts and all the like us it doesn't matter what we think and what we say because players were okay with it jason you've been quiet do you not want to get canceled with us i mean i i just didn't really care as much about the story in general it was more like oh we really bring in a guy in hmm, interesting just because of the way i feel and the way i felt about the coaching staff and the questions i've had i was kind of worried about that but yeah you gotta assume that he went to the players first. He had to with everything going on. And look, maybe he didn't. Maybe Dennis Allen's not that smart of a guy and just didn't even think about it. It's possible. 
I mean, the guy is a career loser as a head coach, so, so that's Jason, very does possible. This, does this make you happy if Pete Carmichael's saying, like, hey, there's a place I can be better. Let me bring in an offensive mastermind who can make me better at my job and give me a different perspective. I mean, do, do you like that going, okay, he's maybe he's admitting his, you know, a shortcoming, and here's a place where he can be a better coach. Would you coach rather a guy closed-minded who says, I don't care how good or bad you think I am. I'm perfect in my own mind, and I don't need help from anyone else. Hmm, hmm, that's an interesting conundrum. <laughs> uh, well, I do think you can you can tell that Allen knows that it's he's he's a little desperate because he knows at this point he's got to he has to win games. So he's he's doing whatever it takes to make sure that he doesn't get fired again. There's no excuses with this roster. Nope. Not even, there, there no, there's no excuses. We have to perform and win. Uh, one excuse could be a bunch of injuries. I mean, <laughs> not my seems to be an excuse we cash in on every year some people <laughs> all right so i think that's enough for this one let's uh go ahead and anything yet y'all got anything else y'all need to say well i mean we, we kind of mentioned it a few weeks ago but um what it looks like through otas is when I mean, we're talking about coaching um it looks like there's highly organized and really involved coaches this year um breaking out and working working with players um i think defensive backs were split into like three different groups every a lot of people getting some individual work and um, we're hearing actually this is the time of year where all you hear about is how great the wide receivers are because <laughs> the, the drills that they're doing right now are you know made to make the, the wide receiver more successful. We were hearing some good things early on about a couple of DBs that, uh, that, that are in camp, including our, our rookie. And all of us talked about the draft, and we didn't say a single word about Jer- Jordan Howden. Um, but there's, there's already some rumors being coming out of him, him playing pretty well and, uh, and uh, players being impressed with, with what he can do. This is not organized football. I don't want to oversell this, um, but we need somebody that can play four games while Marcus May is definitely suspended this year. Um, and if he's at least good enough to get some experience him. and come in and do that, that'd be that'd be nice. If everybody is healthy and taking the next step, because we got Paulson Ebo going to his third season and Alante Tito going into second. If they're going to take a step from what we've seen so far, which I mean, they both look like rookies at sometimes or young guys, but they also both have showed some huge athletic ability and ability to get on the ball. Um, you know, we could have what looks like a really crowded cornerback field and really good competition, um, which we can't have too many cornerbacks. Well, we st- let's not forget we have Roby here who can play inside and out, but is made to be a nickel on this team. But Paulson Adebo, if he can, everybody's been saying that the whole competition is whether Adebo or Taylor can be the outside corner. Um, and then what happens to the other one? Well, if Adebo can lock that down, it allows Taylor to go into the slot, which he's done. He's been working in the slot um, this year, which he's never done before. Um, he's been working in the slot so far for a couple of weeks. Adebo cannot play in the slot. He's not built that way. That's just not the way his body and his, his speed is and his, his hips are. He's not going to play inside. He is going to be a boundary corner. It gives you, it gives you some great depth. If Adebo can take that step. Now, having said that, if Taylor's the better outside corner, you don't move him inside so that Adebo has a position. You play the best one on the outside. But there's a scenario here where Adebo takes that third year step and does some of the things that we saw him look good in his rookie year. And you got a, some huge, athletic, fast cornerbacks at every single position. And plus maybe like, you know, a third young safety here that's developing. Like you said, the big thing is health. Last year, we didn't have health. You know, we missed Lattimore for a big portion of the season. I mean, he's your clear number one. He's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. And Taylor was one of the better 
rookies last year, um, a defensive back. Paulson Adebo had a good rookie year and didn't drop significantly apparently, last year. La- apparently last year we, we were hearing that he was injured for the first six or eight weeks of the season. He just kept playing through it, but his ankle, lower injury, calf, something in his foot, lower I half of his leg, never, never got right. He tra- kept trying to play through it, and, and he just, just wasn't firing on all cylinders. Yeah, but and, you know, Adebo, I haven't even mentioned Bradley Roby. Yeah, but Adebo had more tackles than Alante Taylor did last year. Played the same amount of games. I don't have anything on how many snaps they played. Well, but, but tackles, so. I mean, it doesn't matter. How did they defend? Tackles means know. maybe you were like, letting somebody catch the ball in front yeah. of you. <laughs> right, you right. tackling them well, after they... Classic, yeah, Jeff. Uh, because, <laughs> They're well, not linebackers, Jeff. We're not worried about tackles. Can I finish? All right. And Alante Taylor had 11 pass defense, Which is passes cool. defended versus Adebo's seven. So 11's really good for a guy that played half of a rookie season. Right. Yeah, look, there's definitely potential with the young guys stepping up. I I, I like to see it. It is definitely going to be on health. I hope to God that we can be healthy this year, but history says, eh. So. I think for sure Matthew and May are better this year after having a full year together. We saw that they got better, better as the year went on last year um, when, when they were both healthy. But, but Lattimore, Lattimore is the straw that stirs the drink here. If that guy's healthy, it lets everybody else have a lot smaller area to cover and an easier job to do and possibly you know the the i mean the, the one they definitely have built some depth here so maybe the depth in the secondary will help overcome some of the um, lack of depth at the linebacker position yeah hey and i mean and th- that's a good segue jason with i mean jonathan abram is more like a small linebacker the way he plays safety close to the to the box i mean he's he's a thumper that we don't want him as a deep safety um but Jonathan Abrams was a high draft pick that, I mean, has had some good games and has had some injuries and kind of all that. But that's a guy that puts it together. And if he doesn't have to play too much, can can make some plays. You put him in the right position on run plays, um, he can be your third third linebacker, third safety kind of uh, hybrid role. I do love that we basically completely turned over our defensive line um, besides Cam, Cam and then we brought in everything else. We've got a couple of guys, Granderson, and then we're going to play in the background and, you know, get some snaps. But basically turned completely turned over the the line and then kept everything else the, the same i'm really happy about that so stick around later in this week everybody we'll talk about some uh maybe some moves the saints still have room that they could make if things go right in the meantime that's all the show we have for you right now we're going to thank our loyal listeners for downloading each week and telling all of your friends about the don't patrol podcast follow us on facebook look for don't patrol podcast we're also on twitter at don't patrol pcast and at don't patrol uk if we don't get canceled don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app and set up auto download so you can listen to the don't patrol podcast every episode anytime say bye-bye donkeys bye-bye celtics and laker donkeys Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. This has been a production of the Dome Patrol Podcast.